0: It seems inevitable or certainly a very real possibility that in time, the Ali Act, a federal law passed to protect fighters and the integrity of boxing, will be amended to include mixed martial arts. And the ramifications of such an expansion would be on a scale not experienced before in our young sport. The move has been championed by those seeking fairer conditions for fighters and actively campaigned against by the sport's most powerful promotion. But what exactly would an MMA Ali Act expansion look like in action day by day? My absolute favorite story during the holidays is Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, and my favorite aspect of the story is the ghost of Christmas yet to come, who shows Scrooge the grim future that awaits him should he not change his ways. So I thought today, in the spirit of Dickens and the season, that we would peer into a potential future created by a hypothetical Act expansion to examine the impact, both positive and negative, that it might create. This is of course simply our opinion of what such a world might look like. But it'll be backed by extensive research on the act itself as well as boxing's history. Come, Ebenezer, this way. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point. <sighs> What's up, Tom? What are you up to? Uh, <laughs> no, nothing. Just working, place of work, just doing what I need to do. Well, it looks like you need some privacy. N- I mean, no. <laughs> Why? What are you uh, What are you suggesting? To be specific, it looks like you need private internet access. Thankfully for you, we've been using them for a number of weeks now, and they're hooking us up with a crazy holiday season discount of 83% off when you use our link, PIAVPN.com slash point. plus you'll get an additional four months completely free. If you haven't heard of private internet access, they're one of the leading VPNs in the US. They have a zero log policy and are 100% open source so that anyone can take a look under the hood and examine just how secure and private their service really is. And while helping safeguard our online privacy, their VPN software also blocks ads, trackers, and malicious websites, keeping you safe while you surf. Stream any fight from any place in the world so you don't miss anything. More on that later, but for now, this is what an MMA Ali Act expansion could actually look like. We enter our hypothetical future in the not-so-distant year of 20XX. After an extensive public campaign against its implementation by the UFC, warning that government intervention would ruin the sport and destroy what fans love about MMA, both bodies making up the United States Congress pass by a narrow margin the bill known as the Nate diaz Ali Expansion Act for Mixed Martial Arts, utilizing the name of a beloved figure in the sport to help garner public support, just as the original did in 2000. The bill is signed into federal law by President Dwayne Johnson, and goes into effect with a two-year buffer period built in to allow for its implementation. But since this is a magical vision of the future, we'll skip that whole transitional period thing and just say that it all happens instantly. As soon as The Rock finishes writing his signature, all titles and rankings in the sport are essentially nullified. Under the act, only a sanctioning organization independent of the promotions can issue championships and create official rankings. So all UFC titles, yes, even the BMF belt, any championship associated with a specific promotion ceases to hold any meaning. The UFC and Bellator can still put on events with their contracted fighters, but they will no longer determine who fights for what title and how a fighter is ranked, nor do they have exclusive rights to any championship. That's right, everybody can fight everybody. The sport's first sanctioning entity is formed quickly after the law passes, the International Fighting Association, or IFA. This nonprofit headquartered in the United States includes 45 member nations and will determine who will fight for what title under their entity. They release their official top 10 rankings and declare that the number one and number two fighters in each division will compete for the IFA World Championships. The sport is buzzing over the rankings, as you can imagine. Per the act, they were released publicly with a written explanation of the criteria used that was approved by the ABC. The officials who oversaw it were named, and the justifications for each fighter's position was in writing as well. Not everybody is happy, though. Number six, IFA lightweight Conor McGregor thinks he should be fighting for the IFA World title since his last fight was a win over number two Justin Gaethje, even though it was two years prior. He files for an official ratings reconsideration. That's right, fighters can now appeal their rankings if they don't feel they're correct, so long as they provide a $10,000 fee, which is what Connor spends on breakfast, so the request is made, and within two weeks, the IFA will vote to reconsider. They stick to their guns, though, forcing Connor to appeal, but he loses the appeal and then takes him to court. That litigation is ongoing. Brandon Moreno is also unhappy with his IFA position, but 10G's is a bit steep, so he just goes along with it. Meanwhile, promotions are scrambling to sign top 10 talent. Contracts longer than 12 months with special rights and privileges given to the promoter are now unenforceable under the new law. So basically every contract that exists in mixed martial arts today would be invalid under the Diaz Act guidelines. Not only that, but promoters must disclose to the fighters what they're making for each event. Even the undercard fighters, they have to tell them what they made from the show. All of this gives massive leverage to the sport's top draws. Fighters can even sue the promoters as well if anything isn't up to standard. Promotions are no longer the stars the fighters themselves are. You still hear names like Bellator and UFC of course, but they're pushed to the background largely. With the new contract restrictions and so many promotions and networks to choose from, fighters who are top draws stand to make huge money. Now it's Izzy Pareda 3 brought to you by the UFC on ESPN+, but all the focus is on Izzy and Parada. The days of one promotion to rule them all is over. In the scramble for talent, the UFC picks up many big names based on their legacy alone, but Bellator backed by Viacom signs some top tier fighters, Jake Paul's most valuable promotions, McGregor Sports and Entertainment and Mark Zuckerberg are the other big contract getters. The UFC, which is exclusively with ESPN remains there, as well as Bellator with Showtime. Jake Paul starts his own streaming service for his bouts. McGregor Sports and Entertainment signed with HBO and Mark Zuckerberg will be airing his events exclusively in the metaverse. On social media, rumors that EA's UFC games are no longer possible start to trend worldwide, prompting the game company to release a statement to reassure everyone that 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 all their favorite fighters will still be in the next UFC-branded game regardless of where they ended up, as they all signed away the rights to their likeness in perpetuity long before the act. Alexander Volkanovsky wants his likeness back and believes the old contract still violates the Diaz Act, but the only enforcement of the unenforceable clause is truly civil litigation, as the states and federal government rarely, if ever, intervene in anything Ali Act related. After being bled dry in court costs, however, Volk drops his lawsuit as it's become too expensive to keep fighting. He appears on the cover of the next EA game. With the IFA being the sole entity with a world title, the promotions and networks are forced to work together. And for a while, we have a new golden era in the sport. The top guys are fighting the top guys. The rankings are easy to follow. Everybody's working together. All the biggest fighters in the world are all fighting for the same championships. MMA feels like one cohesive sport with all its players on one stage. Jones vs. Nganu 2 for the IFA Heavyweight World Championship brought to you by McGregor Sports and Entertainment in conjunction with Bellator on HBO Showtime pay-per-view is a massive event. The card is top-heavy, as in the only stars are the ones headlining the show, and the undercard is filled with up-and-coming fighters signed with both promotions. While John and Francis stand to make $40 million each guaranteed, the average purse underneath them will be about 25 k Valentina Shevchenko signs a $25 million sponsorship deal with Glock. From now on, all of her fight gear will feature the Glock brand. When Jake Paul tries Tries to set up a bout between IFA champion Sean O'Malley and his dad for his streaming service Douche Bro, the IFA rules that O'Malley must instead fight mandatory challenger and number one contender at bantamweight robbed Wallace Wheelie or be stripped of his title. Able to make far more money fighting Jake Paul's dad, O'Malley vacates the title and headlines Douche Bro Boxing One. When McGregor loses his court case with the IFA, he takes to social media to air his frustrations about the rankings. Many of the more popular fighters from the UFC-dominated era are having trouble getting top-tier fights as a result of the IFA's ranking criteria, which favors more active fighters with wins against opponents ranked above them. As a result of these growing frustrations, a new sanctioning body emerges to meet the demand and the WFF is formed, the World Fighting Federation. Their initial rankings are slightly different than the IFAs, but their own criteria is approved by the ABC nonetheless, and McGregor is listed as number two at lightweight and deemed the automatic contender for the WFF world title. Connor and his promotion agree to the bout, and later that year McGregor becomes world champion at after KOing Michael Chandler in the first round. Fans are excited about a potential matchup between the now two world champions, the WFF's McGregor and the IFA's Islam Makachev. It would be absolutely massive, the biggest fight in the sport at the moment. But there's a problem, Makachev is signed to Zuckerberg's promotion, which airs exclusively in the metaverse, and Connor has a deal with HBO. Working together would mean a split in revenue among these promotions and networks, and so negotiations stall. The fighters don't want to cut into their purses, nor can they agree on if the bout will take place in a 10-sided cage or a seven-sided ring. They can't do eight because the UFC exclusively owns the rights to that number in the sport. The promoters don't want to share with each other either, and the networks want exclusivity. When it was just the IFA, fighters would do what they had to do. But with the introduction of the WFF, they have options. And so Connor instead will fight new number two WFF lightweight Rafael Dos Anjos, who was signed to McGregor Sports & Entertainment as well. And Makachev will fight Rafael Fiziev, who also happens to be signed with Zuckerberg-like him. Tony Ferguson tweets he thinks there's a conflict of interest with Connor acting as both a fighter and promoter, and while the tweet garners 6k likes, nothing ever comes of it. With the WFF's growing popularity, the IFA announces there will now be two championships in each division. The original title will now be called the Special Championship, and a lesser belt will be introduced that is called the IFA Championship, which was the previous name of the now special title. Fans are slightly confused, but there are now more championship bouts headlining cards. Jake Paul is pulling in major talent left and right to fight YouTubers and his dad, Douchebro, is taking off as a platform with younger audiences, and fighters who can't seem to make it to the top of the official rankings in the IFA and WFF, but that are popular with younger fans, start jumping ship to make huge money. Undercard fighters, like all the other promotions, are still making about 25 grand. Henry Sudo finally actually comes out of retirement, to the surprise of everyone he's given an immediate title challenge in the WFF. The sanctioning body cites the line in their official rankings guidelines that specifically states the body can make special exceptions under extraordinary circumstances and because of Triple C's many contributions to the sport prior, his ranking of number one is justified. The ABC approves and Cejudo takes on Max Holloway in an absolute banger. Taito Ivasa signs a $60 million deal to exclusively do Shoey's out of Nikes from now on. Mark Zuckerberg is sued by Hanato Moicano, who used to fight under the Fuckerberg banner, for $20 million for allegedly stifling his career opportunities because he's not from the US. The lawsuit is ongoing, but in a written statement from his legal team, Hanato said Kano wants money, and then the rest of the statement was just about how much he loves Joe Rogan. After losing a bid to become IFA president, wealthy businessman Mark Cuban decided to form a third sanctioning body, as he feels the first two do not serve the tremendous mid-card talent in the sport, and so with their own ranking criteria, the WFC, or World Fighting Council, is born. This title is considered in lesser standing to most fans, but it's a great opportunity for those outside the top five rankings with the other two sanctioning bodies to get noticed. Meanwhile, in Japan, Ryzen has started to court international talent for exclusive contracts. Since they're outside the jurisdiction of the Ali Act, they can do so. And fighters who aren't making the kind of money they want under the current system head to Japan, where the nostalgic nature of the promotion with exclusive fighters under one banner makes them massively popular with older fans. Bilal Muhammad becomes the first ever unified champion in the sport, winning first the WFC title, then the IFA regular, the WFF welterweight, and then the IFA special. Muhammad then vacates all his titles and fights Jake Paul's dad to headline Deuce Bro 7 for $50 million. ESPN does a 30 for 30 highlighting how difficult it is to train full time as an MMA fighter outside the top 10 rankings. With paydays as low as they are, many featured in the documentary are forced to work second jobs, but hope that eventually they'll make their way up the rankings to get big money. Dana White steps down as UFC president and is succeeded by Hunter Campbell. White cites the Ali Act for his reason for getting out of MMA, as well as the massive success of the Power Slap League. Now, just like A Christmas Carol, this future is not set in stone. It can be changed. There are probably things you saw here that you really liked, and other things you didn't like at all. You might say that so much of what was spoken about today was essentially the problems that boxing has. And you would largely be right, as the introduction of these sanctioning organizations did eventually splinter the sports titles, and promoters as well as network deals often hang up big fights. But it is true that the fighters are in control. They're the ones basically calling the shots at the top. Underneath that, not so much, but the power balance has certainly shifted in boxing. Is there good that could come from an Ali-Act expansion. Absolutely, and I think we demonstrated that very well. But are there a lot of potential pitfalls that need to be considered? Yes. Particularly as it relates to the sanctioning bodies being introduced, because as the current Ali-Act stands, the government is toothless, and boxing is as convoluted as ever. And in that actual push for an expansion of the Ali-Act into MMA, the bill literally just added the words mixed martial arts essentially to the old bill. So I think a true Ali-Act expansion for MMA would need a few more specific rules in order to truly be effective and to avoid all the problems boxing has. But that's another video for another day. Today, I just wanted to illustrate one possible future and hopefully give you a bit of a better idea of what the bill might entail if it were to go through to law as it is right now. Big shout out to Private Internet Access for sponsoring this video. PIA's 50 Servers in 50 States campaign aims to provide increased convenience and online privacy to citizens across the U.S. Their goal is to offer at least one connection, whether via a physical server or virtual location in every state in the United States of America. By using our special link, www.piavpn.com slash MMA on point, you guys can grab an 83% discount on private internet access. That's just $2.03 a month. You also get four extra months completely for free. For more info on this offer, check the info in the description. A big shout out and thank you to Maximum Randall for the edit on this one. What an absolutely fantastic job as always. Show him some social media love, please. He deserves it. Another shout out to Ben Rosette for providing those tunes. The guy can fucking jam. If you could like and subscribe, I think everybody here would be incredibly grateful. How do you feel about the Ali Act? What would you do to safeguard it and avoid boxing's pitfalls? Sound off in the comments. Maybe we can figure this whole thing out down there. That's my time for today. Don't forget to wash your hands and have a great one.